Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Christmas, Welcome everyone. to our Christmas special. It's going to be really jolly. <laughs> Lucy's in like such a cute, happy mood by our Christmas tree. There's going to be no video for this because I literally look like a toad. <laughs> you, and I... You, a double chin toad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually oh, had no, like what? a cute scarf and I had my Christmas tree in the background and now it's all yeah. just... Crap. You you really do be looking cute. There's all these new illnesses coming out and everything. I don't know. I can't keep up. I don't care. Just get well. Yeah. God damn it. I don't care either. I went on Twitter the other day either thinking about just deleting Twitter because I, I don't need to know the things that are on there. None of it. <laughs> None. Like, my brain just doesn't. I no. just go on there and I'm like, wow, I'm, I instantly feel... Um, the absolute fear of the world inside of me. I know. It's like new strain of bacterial meningitis. It's just like, okay, signing off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. I know. It's like, 10 and seconds. I'm out. I was out in a restaurant the other night, and the news was on, and it was muted. And by the time yeah. I was done with my meal, I was so traumatized, I couldn't even sleep. It was so terrible. I mean, the news in America is really scary. They it's like really put special scary. music on and they cut it to be like almost like a horror film. I was sad. I felt like crying on the way home and I didn't know why. And then I thought, oh, that news got in. Because you looked at the news. Did you watch um, the Harry and Meghan doc? No, and I knew you were going to ask me about it. And I was I wanted to be prepared to discuss it with you. I'm dying oh to watch God. it. I, I'm going to watch it ASAP. So many people are up in arms. Have you watched it? Oh, yeah. I smashed them both on the day that they came out. Okay. So do you want to share your thoughts before I watch it? I mean, I just think that it's the first time I've actually seen them, like, well, the first time I've seen Megan and been like, oh, there's the human being. Mm. And I think it's because it's, like, on her own terms and she feels in control of it everyone's like she's such a control freak and it's like yes because it is her life <laughs> like of course it's not like crazy that she wants to have like control and autonomy but yeah i think it was the first time i've seen her not being an actress and i've always really felt really sorry for her um and really sorry for him as well but now i'm just like God, this is savage to say. I feel really ashamed of the royal family. I'm not gonna lie. No, it's a, it's really made me feel like like disgusted, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, damn, it's so crazy. They've just they treated them so badly. There's this thing basically where like each, you know, like it's like when you're on tour, you know, um, when you are on tour, each member of the band will be called a principal. So, um you know the whoever the leading people are in the show organization whatever like those are the principles so Mm -hmm. there's a press office for each principle each principle being charles william and kate yeah the queen harry and basically the press officers are working against each other so like they will use information about other people in the royal family They'll go we to the press and be like, we don't want you to print this, but here, have this instead. No way. And they've just... They basically just deny that there's anything that they could have done to stop the press treating Megan the way that they did. But what it seems like is not only did they not do anything, they also fed stories and they also basically offered her up like a lamb to the slaughter. Mm. 
and allowed her to be torn apart to protect other um, people yeah to protect themselves and like if that was my wife i'd be like we're leaving right the fuck now and we're getting out of her mm-hmm. like i mean i've always supported them i've always supported them in their in their decisions yeah. that they've made but i have too um, and i i find it interesting that so many people here that i've spoken to are so up in arms about they're using their status to get this money and they were paid a hundred million dollars and I just think yeah and you would do differently and so what (laughs) who cares so what they're making money with what they have sorry that you don't that you don't have that it's not everyone's not going to have the same thing I'm never going to be Gwyneth Paltrow I'm not angry about it like I always say it's it's not for you it's for rich people. Like, exactly. It's a, You're not the it's market. Not, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. I'm just. It's, that's not for me. Like I don't. It doesn't make me feel upset. There are lots of things that are for me. Same thing as how you and I have made our legendary status by using our dads. Yeah, I mean, I've used my dad every step of the way. He's been so useful. <laughs> I've just taken that and turned it into a global empire. I know, I really just feel like I've won the lottery of famous dads of like, oh wow, my God, I, me too. Got gold- I got the golden ticket and I went right to the top. Me Nepotism too. is real, you guys. So I can relate to Harry and Meghan using their yeah. status to get ahead. Yeah. Give me my hundred million dollars. I mean, get ahead. It's like, watch the documentary and then if you... If you can honestly watch that show and the empathy inside of you is not, like, ignited and you don't think, do you know what, fucking hell, that's actually, that's fucked the way that they've been treated or that's fucked the way that they have to live. And, like, there's, like, security camera footage and stuff from taxis and it's, like, you can see that, like, Megan is visibly scared. If you can't look at a black woman in a car feeling scared and and feel like empathy and feel like this isn't right then you've got something actually psychologically fucking wrong with you (laughs) i guess most people do because you're the first person i've talked to that that feels that way everybody else is up in arms about them saying anything bad about the royals well those people are brainwashed then they they don't know how to think for themselves and they're not using empathy it's clear as day if you can read people even one ounce it's like you can see the pain. You can see the pain. Shame on everyone who did that to them, quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned. And you know me, I love a bit of the royal family. I know you do. Yeah, I, I again, I have not watched it, and I will, but I just always feel empathy for anybody speaking out like that because I know what it's yeah. like to be in a family yeah. where everything yeah. looks great on the outside and on mm. the inside you're going through something that's nasty and you have nobody to go yeah. to about it. It's interesting. It's so um fascinating and I've always like joked about like I don't know why I'm so brainwashed into like in the royal family, but there's actually kind of a relief for me to feel like ashamed of them because I just kind of thought like I was actually like totally brainwashed to my core, mm-hmm. but I guess I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got I've still got some of my ability to look at them objectively. Yeah, you're still a free thinker in there somewhere. That's all I've got to report, really, because I've been in my sick bed. However, you, young lady, have yeah. quite a lot to share with us because everyone wants to hear about your past life regression. I've been getting messages. People I know have been asking me in person when when are we going to hear about this are we going to hear about it and <laughs> all right here it goes let's go. yeah let's Tell dish us it everything. all right so i haven't even told you i've been waiting until we were recording it is still a mystery when and exactly where you killed me in mexico <laughs> <laughs> But I did find out some fascinating details from a past life. So when I went to my session, we met for an hour and I was really nervous because I didn't know if he was going to hypnotize me or what. Yeah. And I didn't really want that. But the session was incredibly powerful. 
And a lot of it is body work where as I like opened up and got into connection to the depth of my soul, I know that yeah. sounds crazy, but like there's Sorry. a physical feeling when you really start to settle down into your body and feel yes. your full power. And we don't connect to it very often because we're so distracted by the Busy. world. Yeah. And so we spent a lot of time settling down into that feeling and going into that. And then we came to past life chat and he said, I don't do past life regression the way I used to because people would get annoyed if they weren't a king or a queen. That's all they <laughs> wanted to hear about. He said, so I do it a little differently now. I will go down your line of lifetimes and I will stop at something if it's affecting this lifetime specifically. Oh, uh, okay. If it's affecting the choices you're making in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. So he got into the zone and he said, I'm stopping at a lifetime where you are a woman mm -hmm. it's the late 1700s you are in Pennsylvania Whoa. you are overweight you are deeply unhappy you are stuck in this house and you're stuck with five children and he said how how, how does that tie into this life and I said, well, <laughs> it's probably the reason I definitely don't want kids. <laughs> and he said, yeah. Uh, he said, as long as I've known you, which is like 15 years now, he said, you've had a real button on anything that restricts you. Like you have an ejector button that you just eject yourself. Mm. and you are that's because you are running from this residual pain that has stayed with you from that lifetime mm -hmm. and I said god that's so spot on I've always been like that if there's anything that makes me feel I'm just yeah. immediately out like I remember one time a boyfriend said to me we should get insurance together and I broke up with him like the next day <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot and he said that's the reason you had to go through the Gloria Gifford situation so that you could break out of being restricted I realized that I have these really strange connections to Pennsylvania you said that before you do too your dad had his house there yeah. But my family moved to Pennsylvania when I was 20 years old. They left me in L.A. and they mm. moved there for six years. And I find it so interesting that I didn't go with them. Yeah. Like my entire family went, my brother, sister, mom, dad. And I did not need to go back. Uh, I did go visit. And when I went and visited, oh, yeah, he said, he said, I see you in this, in that lifetime, I see you in this, like, bonnet and apron and it made me laugh because when I visited my family in Pennsylvania I made us go to Amish country like mm -hmm. I made us go to an Amish town and I bought myself like three bonnets and I would wear them all the time and my mom got mad at me and told me to take them off because she didn't want to offend the Amish which I don't see how that's offensive I'm actually giving them a compliment but I loved these bonnets, and I did photo shoots in the bonnets, and, like, I, I can't, I don't know. It just caught my attention when he said, I see you in this bonnet. And yeah. then my parents, when I was visiting there, took me to a place called the Frick, the Frick Museum. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. Fricks are a family that, big American tycoon families, like the Rockefellers and stuff. The Fricks have a home in New York City, and it's this gorgeous art gallery. And I go there every time I'm in Manhattan. And 
my parents surprised me when I came to Pennsylvania because the Fricks also had a home in Pennsylvania. And they blindfolded me on the way there and, and we went and I knew the house. I knew the house, I knew the grounds. We were walking around with the museum director and I was telling her where things were. I don't know how that ties mm. into this, but the Pennsylvania thing was very interesting to me. So that's what it was. And it directly tied into this lifetime with conversations you and I have had about children. And mm. I definitely think yeah. that um, I did not come here this time to <laughs> be stuck in no house with no kids. Yeah. I mean, it's also why God made you a skinny queen in this lifetime, obviously. I thought that too. I, I study past life stuff all the time. And you hear so many different accounts of, of people learning when they have near-death experiences and things that they choose a different body in different lifetimes to experience what that's mm -hmm. like. And I thought, wow, okay, so this time I came to be free in my body because when you're overweight, you're not free in your body. You don't feel yeah. free. You feel yeah. very restricted. He said your conscious mind is going to want to fix this and figure out what to do with it. That's what mm -hmm. our conscious mind does all the time. He said, but you don't need to do anything to fix it. Just be aware of the feeling the next time it happens when yeah. you feel that something's restricting you. Don't hit that eject button. Just sit with it and allow it and yeah. give it give it consciousness and just allow it to start to transform because it's a stuck energy that you are pulling in with your choices yeah. still. Yeah. So I just sent that other self that I was lots of love and understanding and healing and it really made sense for me that's so cool so I didn't kill you in Mexico basically well you saying. did but he didn't have time to get to that this was more pressing so so but he didn't mention it well he would have but the session ended <laughs> No, because he said, if it's pertinent to your life now. Well, you know, we only had time for one, so. No, that's not what you said. You said he goes through and then he decides, what, he flags what is important <laughs> to your life now. Listen. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, but that was my birthday. And my birthday was very interesting last time I talked to you I said oh I'm feeling great I'm so excited yeah you know I was on such yeah, a high you were about all it jacked up. and then it got closer and closer and I had this really surprising reaction that I've never had before with a birthday I think it was the stigma around the 40 and all that mm -hmm. it really rocked me I just didn't want to do anything. I just dug my yeah. heels in and I made it so hard for the people in my life to celebrate me because I was just refusing to like celebrate. It's not that we had a bad time. We had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. But what was going on inside of me was confusing for me. Why was it confusing? What did you feel? I felt sad. I felt scared. I felt old. I felt like mm. now I'm old now. <laughs> like yeah. 40 is such a different ring to it than in your 30s. Yeah. And it really is. It's like that's like you're like a grown up now. Yeah. When you're 40. I feel like 20s and 30s just are like, eh, you know, and then you're, it's 40 and it's like, Oh, okay. Now I'm meant to be a grown up. Exactly. <laughs> How do I do that? Like, time to grow up. And that was scary. Yeah. Um, my mind came up with all these lies. You know, you're a loser. You haven't achieved this. You haven't achieved that. Look yeah. at what so and so has achieved, and they're a decade younger than you. All those lies. And I just really had to put that emotional discipline in on myself, like you and I have talked about before, that discipline of we're not going down that road. Yeah. That's not the story. that Because we tell ourselves different stories, and we believe different stories. And I just kept saying, that's not the story I'm going with, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. my, my story is that, you know, I'm in – 
the best place I've ever been, which is true. Yeah. And I'm so proud of everything I've accomplished, and I'm so excited for the future. And that's the story I'm going with. But I really had to discipline myself to stay away from all those lies because they hit me like a tidal wave. It makes you think as an actress, of course, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it brought up a lot of shame for me. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like, I felt ashamed, and I felt like people in your life know that you're 40 now, and they know that you haven't done X, Y, Z, and everybody's embarrassed for you. <laughs> just just yeah. crap. Just the conscious mind is such a... Just such a liar. I can see it, though, especially doing, like, in the profession that you're in and in the world that you're in. It's like, but there are lots of things that you have done. There are lots of things that you haven't done that maybe you wanted to do. Isn't that life? Isn't that all of us? Mm -hmm. But you can choose to focus on those things, like you're saying, and be like, well, yes, I I wasn't, um, I didn't become as famous as Jessica Chastain. Mm -hmm. Shit. Or you can be like, here's all the fucking amazing shit I did do and here's all the stuff I did learn. And it's so easy to tune in to like that narrative, that negative kind of self-abuse and self-deprecation uh, because yeah. we're just, we're so fed this thing of like, still of like how it's meant to be. I mean, the other day I was watching something on tv and i don't see a lot of adverts because i use the streaming services but i was watching something on like a terrestrial thing or something where there's adverts and a klm i think it's an airline advert came on and it's like two people who bump into each other as in their 20s on a plane and then it's like then they're in their 30s getting married and Mm. then they have a kid and then she moves up to business and they keep going back on the plane they're in economy and then by the time she's in her 40s and she's older she's in business class and they've got this nice house and it's like oh wow we're really we're really still being fed that trajectory yeah that's scary (laughs) and it was just like this white family going through the motions of like we met in economy and now we're in our 40s and we're rich and we have a beautiful child with blonde hair and blue eyes and and now we can travel business class and the world Holy is so shit. great. Where was and this? This is sounds cash insane. I know, but it's like it's we're still getting fed this shit. You're right. And I guess in that way, this was a really positive thing I went through with this birthday, actually, because what it did was it showed me that. It showed me clearly all that came up and yelled at me in my face. Yeah, And I had the opportunity to see that that's from the ego and the conscious mind and from the social conditioning Uh and then feel what my heart was feeling, which was pure joy and happiness. But my mind kept telling me that I shouldn't be happy about it. So that's why it was confusing. Yeah. Yes. So it was a really big gift. What a gift for my birthday to get that perspective. It was really a positive thing. Yeah, it's a shame when it doesn't feel positive in the moment, but it's nice that that you're able afterwards to see it. I think that stuff is is so necessary. You know, it it's is. like like you said, it's like it's taught you this amazing lesson, and thank fucking god, you know, on the on the eve of your fortieth birthday, you've had that moment then. Yeah, not in five or ten years from now. Right. Yeah, because once I once I came through it. I haven't felt upset since. And then, you know, then I was like, it's like New Year's Eve, right? You always put so much on it and you expect so much and then you get disappointed Mm. and it just never feels joyful if you do that to yourself. So I did that a little bit. I was like, this is an important one. Like, I'm going to hear from everyone. I'm going to get like more presents than ever. (laughs) Like all that stuff. (laughs) Like I barely heard from anyone. Really? My own brother forgot my birthday. None of my brothers remembered my birthday. Um, Like, my dad didn't contact me. He never does. Surprise, surprise. Like, I barely heard from friends. I didn't get, like, money from people in my life I thought I was going to for, a, for like, an important birthday. It was just, like, yeah. my ego was just, like, getting battered. <laughs> 
and then I felt happy like, birthday. Yeah, I, nobody cares. It, and then my and then my mind was like, "This is forty, bitch. Like nobody gives a fuck. Grow up." <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, like <laughs> you're an adult. Yeah. Like no one cares about your birthday. No one cares about your birthday at all. <laughs> no one cares. Like once you're once you're past eighteen, yeah. literally no one cares no. about your birthday. I know. That's what I I was like. Wow. Look at that. Fuck. Welcome to reality. <laughs> so amazing. Like nobody um, posted on social media. But then I felt like such a fucking brat because. To the people who did remember and did reach out and did like, yeah. then I felt like I was wiping them out and like I didn't care at all about yeah. that. I completely yeah. did. So many lovely things you and heard from so, so many people. I saw you reposting so many things. The three things that people posted, I did repost, yes. <laughs> no, I felt like all day you were reposting things. No, definitely not all day. But, <laughs> but it was just that ego. It was just that ego. It was out of control. It was having a temper tantrum. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. I know. And I made a vow to myself. I said I am yeah. always this year, I'm really going to like make an effort to reach out to people on their birthday because it made me so <laughs> sad that like people weren't doing it oh to me. And then God. I realized I don't really do it for others like I might remember a couple days later or whatever, but yeah. I don't like show up with balloons and we should for each other. Mm. We should. I'm so, I am so bad at birthdays. I mean, I'm surprised I remembered to text you. I actually Yeah, I know. I thought I was going to get like a podcast announcement and shit. <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> nothing on the homepage. You know. You had a... Oh, uh, you had an episode called Frisky 40. Yeah, thanks for posting my age. That's why I didn't repost it. <laughs> Jesus. You didn't repost? No, yes, I couldn't do anything. I did for like 30 seconds and then I took it down. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> oh my God. Your ego really was in the room. I know. I know. Do you know. feel silly now? I feel a little justified. But you do feel a bit silly. I see it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Our ego always makes us a fool, doesn't it? It always makes yeah. fools out of us. Always. Always. I think it's interesting what you were saying about, um, like, this month especially. I know it's this time of year is a little interesting. It is people. for everybody. It's so crazy to me that Christmas is in a week, and I feel like we just had Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to put the decorations up and I can't wait. And it was, and now Christmas is a week away. I mean, I know that I've kind of lost a week because I've been I in bed. I know, you were so excited and then you got roasted down. I know. This was the week I was meant to be like doing all of my Christmas shopping. I know. And, like, and it, I was meant to be doing like frolicking in the snow and like doing the whole thing. I know. And God said no, and now I have to go Christmas shopping. God said no. Un- now I have to go Christmas shopping next week with the fucking unwashed masses and peasants, and I don't want to. Oh, the commoners. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to wrestle like some fucking the country smelly, bumpkins, like cheesy person with like snotty nose and like a cough to yeah. get the item i want from the shelf like get out my way oh i, feel I think i'll have you. to do some online online stuff this i was gonna weekend. say you're gonna have to go amazon oh my god it's tragic i've been so tired with this cold that i literally haven't even been like i was like i can't i literally cannot even online shop like, when I can't online shop, you know that something has gone something wrong. Something is fucked up. Just so everyone yeah. knows, she's laying flat on her back in her bed right now. I literally, like, <laughs> like, this is the ugliest I've ever looked. It really is. It's just, I'm horrid. Yeah. But I just can't. I just cannot even sit up. I don't want to. I'm tired. Um, I made myself ill. <laughs> but no, the point was, was that there's this feeling of now that i'm out of 
the kind of malaise of early grief mm-hmm. and that ecstasy of like fuck I'm like alive that comes afterward time just feels like it's just like slipping through my hands now it's crazy it's like it just unless you do the shit you want to do all of a sudden a month has passed and it's too fucking late and that was how I used to live my life before was like I want to do this I want to do that I want to do this I want to do that and I would never get around to anything and I would never do anything and I think one of the gifts of one of the gifts that Ryan and Max gave me was like, no, bitch, if you want to fucking do something, you better do Time it Time is now. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to happen. And even when you have that amazing gift, it's so easy to feel like, ah, I'm holding on, but it's slipping through my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, But I think that's getting older too, isn't it? It's, it is. When you're younger, you just are like, oh life is so long and this is unending when is this gonna end it's and then true. it's like you get older and you're just like fuck me another year has gone by and yeah. now i'm fucking 35 or now i'm 40 and oh my god and i've heard older people talk about how time speeds up and i always thought no it doesn't it's all in the way you look at it which is true but i definitely feel yeah, yeah. i definitely feel what you're saying time definitely speeds up because will and i just celebrated our two-year anniversary of getting married and we yeah. looked at each other and went what the fuck hasn't it been like yeah. three months i know no bitch no it's been two years motherfucker Jeez. Two. Two long years. <laughs> Two long ass years. Dr. Ryan, in our session, when he was telling me that I was this overweight woman with five children in a house, he said, he said, how does that make you feel to think about that? And I said, like, I'm dead. <laughs> mm. I said, and in this lifetime, I've always had this thought in my mind that the minute I have children, I may as well be dead. Like, my life is over. Wow. Yeah, I don't think you should have kids. (laughs) Yeah, that would be where that would come from. (laughs) But that's what has always scared me about having kids is because I feel like the second you do, time starts to speed up. Like there's all of a sudden a stopwatch on your life as a countdown to dying because like this other life has started now. And so it's all about them and like their journey. Mm. And now Mm -hmm. I'm and now I'm like moving towards my um, mortality in the way that I've watched my mom move towards her mortality. If I think, and I thought about it, when I was born, my mom was 10 years younger than me. My mom looked Mm. like me. And now to look at the way my mom looks, she's an older lady now. And it freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, don't talk about it. I don't like to think about it. I know. Think about what your mom looked like when she had you. I mean, she looked amazing. I know. They both did, and they still do. But I'm just saying, like, it becomes, mortality becomes very apparent, more so to me when there's a child in the picture. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. It's, like, really embarrassing to say out loud. I think usually men feel that way because they, you know, they're different than us. But it's no, it's no, uh newsflash that you have a lot of male kind of energy i'm just sharing thoughts about aging that we all fucking think okay no totally and i think that um i'm really trying to work on this now obviously because now that i've experienced this like catastrophic and untimely loss yeah mortality isn't like a conceptual thing for me it's Mm. like very like real it's not like oh okay and then one day you die Mm -hmm. but what it's done is kind of made me like um frightened of like everyone dying which i know is like ptsd and it's different slightly than the mortality but i think some people if they had that would be like, okay, you've, you're having PTSD and you need to stop thinking everyone's going to die and like just focus on other things. But my thinking is kind of like, yeah, everyone is going to die and I need to just become less afraid of death mm-hmm. than 
to like be pretending that like people aren't gonna die yeah it's true and i've become way less afraid of death the last couple years and the guys were part of that yeah yeah Yeah. i want to for some stuff i'm like yeah it's fine i can handle that death but then there's other deaths where i'm like i will fucking die i cannot handle that death and then with my own death i'm like i just don't want it to be like painful and slow yeah I just really don't. So I've got a lot of like question marks around death and and I guess mortality. I really want to just embrace death like I embrace life. Me too. And embrace everything else. Me too, because when you embrace embrace acceptance of death, then you're free in life. Yes, exactly. And that's what I want. Me too. And that's, you put it into words exactly how I've what's been on my mind as well yeah that's all I want is to just go this is happening it's not a bad thing so what am I gonna do while I'm here god it's so um heavy and it's so heady yeah it is because you're because your your conscious mind goes crazy over it to think about it and I think people are so frightened that they don't think about it and exactly this like very triggering thing whereas I just would love to have like a neutrality around it yeah me too and I think that can only come from really having discussions about it and just talking about it in a really honest way all parts of it I think that's why I think that's why people sharing about their grief is really important because People need to be educated in like life after death as well as death as well as dying as well as all of that stuff. Yeah. But as long as it's taboo. Yeah. There's going to be such such um, mis- mysticism and fear and you know and it's we we fear things that we don't understand. I mean there's no real understanding of what happens after is that we have our theories we have our feelings we have our experiences we've had we don't know you don't know until you're dead but I guess my worst fear is that like there's nothing well that's not true I know but then I'm like what what if we're wrong and like what if we've just like imagined all this shit right to like make it easier for ourselves or like because we don't know how to imagine nothing I just don't think that that can be true well my grandfather was a diehard atheist and after he passed he came through will's mom in a seance we asked him if he was an atheist anymore and he said nope (laughs) yeah god but you're right i have those same feelings what if we're wrong and it's it's just science and it's just nothing. Yeah. I don't think that's possible because... I don't either. I know it's not possible because of what I've experienced, but... But then also, like, I'm sorry, ancient civilizations, every- everyone's not just making things up. Or are they? It's that's, that's so, like, disrespectful to even think that. That yeah. it's all just, like made up prattle that there's nothing there that whatever it is but speaking of death all of that such a cheer this is such a cheery i know cheery christmas episode guys i've been like having such in fucking intense like depression and anxiety because well because of like different things i think i think i just need more social interaction also I'm spending a lot more time alone, which I don't really like that much. Mm. And also, I'm really trying to, like, understand how to... Like, I just don't want to live in grief anymore. I just don't want to. Mm. I just... I don't want to. I'm done. I'm done. Wow. You were saying you learned the importance for you personally of socializing and, and surrounding yourself with people and I said that I had just heard a Jordan Peterson podcast on that topic on the importance mm. of that and why mm. why that's so important for our health and everything so I'll share that link to that podcast yeah. but you said you yeah, you had do. been alone 
a bit and then you went to the pub and you felt excited no I, right yeah away. i was like yeah well because i was feeling really spending too much time alone so obviously when i'm alone i have much less distraction therefore much more time to like think about things and brew and stew and we went out to the pub and i was feeling anxious and i was like oh my god this is the worst thing i could be doing I shouldn't be going out. I'm going to be in such a bad mood. It's going to be miserable. I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm going to want to leave immediately. And I walked into the pub and I was like, people! <laughs> I was just so excited. Where's the champagne? And immediate. Exactly. Speaking of your um, past life, what's it called? Past life regression. Re- regression. And how we now have the confirmation that um, I didn't kill you. We don't, but. Yeah, we do actually, because he said if that was pertinent to your life now, he would tell you, and he well, didn't, and it didn't even come up. So we ran out of time. So no, well, what I wanted to tell you, which made me laugh so much, and I've been literally dying to tell you this, was when I went to the pub. I went into the loose, and there was this crazy woman in there who was giving everyone cocaine at the pub, like wow. so awkward, and <laughs> wow, and she every time someone would come in, she'd be like, "Do I know you?" no I know you I think I met you before she was doing it to everyone and I was like okay bitch like <laughs> you picked the wrong gal not gonna work with me not gonna fucking work with me you're like I'm it might have worked on my dad but not me yeah it might have worked on a lot of people that I know like the fucking girls I was with but it's not gonna work with me I'm all yeah uh, no and she's like no I do and I'm like no you don't She's like, no, I really do. I met you 10 years ago. I was like, no, yeah, you didn't. I've, I've lived in another country for 15 years. You, I've never met you. Sorry. Okay, bye. <laughs> I was leaving. This bitch followed me out. No. She was so she was so mad that I um shaded her in front of oh. the other girls in the bathroom. She was like grabbing onto me as we walked through the crowd at the pub. It was the World Cup, England v. France. Ooh. And which is probably where I got this cold. And then I found out that she had been going around the pub, around everyone in the pub, telling them that her friend was macheted to death in the woods in a past life and that I was there. No. And, I was, and that I was the um, getaway driver. So we and can clearly was... see a pattern in your in your behavior. <laughs> yeah, from a fucking crackhead in the toilets. Yes. Oh. Can we have so her on the want... podcast? No, I never want to speak to her again. She was so scary and weird. She was like a witch from a Shakespearean novel. You got a cold from a gypsy? Yeah, honestly. Oh my god, I need to talk to her. I know, she was telling everyone, and then every time somebody, like, it was one of those moments where, like, you'd see her speaking to somebody else, like, our group would see her speaking to somebody else, and then they'd look over at me, and we'd all be like, it was and I was all, she was telling people you were driving the getaway car? Well, first she said I was the murderer in the woods. And then my friend Holly was like, no, she's a really nice girl. She would never do that. Like, that would never happen. It's just really not like, it's not her soul. It's not who she is. And she was like, yeah, okay, well, maybe she wasn't the murderer, but she was definitely driving the car. <laughs> I thought you'd love that because I just, I didn't want to tell you until... um. Because then, obviously, I told everyone at the pub about what you say about me in Mexico. Right, right, right. And that we were waiting for the definitive answer of whether I was a killer. But I think, actually, what the pattern here is, is that crazy bitches keep accusing me of murder. And <laughs> oh my God. that's wow. the only pattern I'm seeing. I just have this visual of her clawing at you in the parking lot. I had to check my bag. So I was like, did she just fucking take my Monzo card? Yeah, I don't really go to that pub a lot. So yeah, I, I was going to say, you can't go back there. I won't. Oh, man. Anyway, immediately, I I didn't feel a shred of anxiety anymore. And wow. I, think, I think that while I am an introverted person, I am also somebody, like, I go off and I feed and I get inspired and I get filled up and then I have to come back and, like, chill and rest for a bit and yeah, be quiet. But it's not just all... It can't just all be quiet all the time. No. And I think I'm just underestimating the fact that like I've lived in a city and I've lived with other people constantly for the last ten years. I don't know why in my head I thought that it was just gonna be really easy to just all of a sudden like be in the middle of the absolute depths of the countryside alone. Mm-hmm. 
right like (laughs) yeah just plunging into the and just be like totally unaffected by it and just Mm -hmm. be like yeah this is fine (laughs) right yeah that is really intense it's so intense and i didn't really think about it until afterwards and i was like oh yeah this makes a lot of sense that you know in LA I was around people constantly every yeah. day I lived in busy places and I lived at the house share I was wearing a max and there was people there all the time then I moved to Sarah's it was family in and out all the mm-hmm. time I was in and out all the time I've been in cities for 10 years and now here I am like in the middle of nowhere yeah so that's been um, interesting and I've had to really like evaluate like you know how I think that there is always an answer for anxiety I think that mm. there is kind of like floating people have this like um what do they call it low-lying anxiety or whatever it is mm-hmm. it's just it's low just grade always, like, yeah it's just like atmospheric anxiety yes. yes I think there are a lot of things that can contribute to that like for me, oh, me living too. in America living in America gave me constant atmospheric anxiety the news, guns, yeah. food, um, lifestyle, yeah. uh, politics, social issues, all of that stuff just made me feel unsafe constantly. It did. Then and you add the pandemic and everything to that. Pandemic, Everybody's and just then, suffering like, from it. You're afraid of getting ill because you don't have health insurance, or you do, and it's too expensive. And, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of fear. I feel like it's a very fear-driven society. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, every time you go into the cinema, I would think like, oh, am I in a safe place if there's a shooting? You right. Know? And it's I like, always think about that when I go to the movies. So. Oh, God. Well, I realized that when I came here and I was like, oh. Oh, I don't have to think about that. And then all of a sudden these layers start peeling back where you're like, oh, I'm not afraid of getting sick because I can just go to the doctor. Mm. And oh, you know, it's like. So I think there are lots of things that contribute. Like for me, that was a huge thing. But I really do think, and I, I, you know, you can be, I think, pre, predisposed. Yeah, to have certain things, and I'm sure anxiety could possibly be one of them. But you, it's not a pathological issue. Like you don't. It's not like a blood thing. It's not like a cellular thing. Mm-hmm. It's not. And so I really think when you have anxiety, there is if you dig and dig and dig you're going to figure out what it is you just have to be willing to do that and when you figure it out you have to be willing to take action on it and I think a lot of people live in anxiety because the digging is too hard and too scary and they're afraid of what they're going to find because does that mean I have to quit my job and does that mean I have to leave the city Mm -hmm. and does that mean my boyfriend and I aren't going to work out Mm -hmm. and does that mean you know and all of a sudden that's really scary so it's easier just to live it's easier does that mean I have to stop having coffee? Right. You know, it's like, it's easier just to be in the discomfort that you're used to. Yes. So I've been digging to try and figure it out because I'm, I'm like, I know that I'm not, like, I know that I'm not, like, pathologically anxious. A depressed person, yeah. I'm not. I'm just I know. Not. I'm very emotional and sensitive, but I'm not, like, of a course, person that goes into, like, depressions. And I think that it was all of that stuff that I had just said is that like I didn't really I didn't have good self-awareness around the fact that like okay you've lived in a city you've been around people all the time blah 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 and just restructuring my life Mm -hmm. to be a bit more like suitable to what I've been used to for the last 10 years wow and I realized that and that was really good and then I got sick and then I had to spend the bed the week in bed alone so (laughs) further deepening God said no (laughs) (laughs) all these feelings that's a great he said, lesson. No again. God said. You will lay down and you will think. But Wow. Yeah, it's it's all part of the like it's all kind of jumbled up in this end of year stuff for me and like wanting to move on from grief and just what does that even mean? And like it makes me feel so sad to even say it because I think that it could be misconstrued as me being like as people thinking like oh I don't care about Ryan anymore and I don't love him no I just don't want to be consumed by grief and you know it's it's very um there's like again this like layer of shame that I think a lot of people feel in grief of like am I meant to be doing it like this is this okay that I feel this way is it okay that actually do you know what maybe I don't want to fucking think about you today yeah I just want to be normal just for one day I just don't want to think about this 
and doesn't mean I don't love you yeah and and didn't love you and and I just think that I'm in this weird like push and pull where like you know how you were saying about your ego was like kind of trying to pull you what I feel like is into the past of like what should have been what could have been this who you were when you were younger nostalgia blah 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 and I feel like a little bit of that can happen with the grief as well and like you were saying to me last last time we spoke it's like do you want to live in the now or do you want to live in the past right and it's difficult because your person is in the past so you feel like you're walking away from and abandoning and leaving your person and that is just not true right yeah it just isn't true it isn't true at all like you don't you don't stop loving your grandpa because you don't think about him every day exactly I was going to say the same thing about our relationships like yes we're with Will and Alec but I don't think about Will 24 hours a day (laughs) okay that's fascinating I love that you said that yeah because that's that's a now time thing of like so why is there this expectation that you know a grieving person or a widow who is also a person um (laughs) 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 just by the way in case um anyone was wondering you know it's meant to wear their like widow's weeds and just be like every day what every second of every day you know and it's just it's just not possible and i think i'm in this weird like two wolves thing well again it's the social conditioning that you were talking about with turning 40 or something like that like here's what you should have Mm -hmm. by then here's how it goes here's what's correct here's what's accepted and it's the same thing with the phase of life where you lose a partner is like Mm. just society has has shaped it into what it's meant to look like and it's not true it's not possible Mm. And what are you going to do? Punish yourself for the rest of your life because you can't achieve this this social norm that's not even true in the first place? But this is the insanity that we spend most of our lives on. And it goes with every phase of life. And look how it's true for what you're saying about being turning 40 and how what I'm experiencing. These are two completely different things. Yeah. Not related in the slightest. No. Literally have nothing to do with each other. Couldn't be more different. We're talking about a death and a birthday and you know and it's still the same thing same thing conditioning yeah and I hear my sister talks a lot about it being a new mom like all the judgment that's a all the Mm. things she has to deal with that you would never realize until you are a new mom it's Mm. the same stuff you are going against all these social norms all this social conditioning and every phase of life has this I said this a couple weeks ago Mm. There are lessons that you learn from every specific phase of Mm. life that you couldn't get from any other phase. Mm. But they are all similar in these ways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Jeff said the most amazing thing to me about this. Yes, Jeff. I know. He just read it. He actually, this week, he didn't make me mad and say, like, he, like, said something that was very clear and it was a direct (laughs) it gave you some real magic it wasn't esoteric it wasn't gray matter it was fucking definitive i appreciated it a lot he said grief has been your companion for a very long time and it has been your very good friend and it has been very close to you you know, I, I lost my dad when I was 23. So I'm, and then in my 20s, every single one of my best friends lost their mother. Then on the 10-year-ish mark, I lost my husband and my bestie. So it's a, t- it's a good chunk of grief there. Yeah. So that's what he means by that, if anyone's wondering. Grief has been my 
my constant companion and, and my very good friend for a very long time. And he said, it's really hard to let go of old friends. I was like, whoa, whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because he talks to me a lot about the conditioning, like the societal conditioning around grief and the grief trajectory and the stages and all of that kind of thing, which he just doesn't agree with. Many therapists and many grief experts don't agree with any of it. Mm-hmm. So that's the perspective he's coming from. So to hear him say like that you can let it go is very interesting to me. I've just never really heard someone say that before, like, in that way. I've never heard that either. It's really helpful. And like an old friend, sometimes you go to visit them. Like the other night, I had an absolute whale of a cry on the floor about my cat, Ivy, out of nowhere Mm. when I hadn't thought about her for three months. You know what I'm, you know? Mm. Mm. I had a visit with an old friend. (laughs) And maybe in another couple months, I'll go to visit again. Exactly. Exactly. It's just about allowing yourself, I think, to do that. I really, really hope for you that you can visit them as old friends when you need to. And yeah. then say, okay, I'm going to go now. <laughs> I mm, love you. I'll see yeah. you. See you again soon. Whatever. Yeah. And everybody who, everybody, every one of us listening, everybody go is in grief about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. may we visit it like an old friend instead of... Mm being chained to it mm. Mm. letting go with love yeah i still don't know how i'm trying to figure right it i know out. <laughs> it's easier so it's very nice to say <laughs> um, and again to go back to the esoteric bullshit it'll take the time it takes that's literally the only answer i know it made me laugh though because as some of you may or may not know, as I'm sure you know, Lucy, I love watching Pride and Prejudice. I watch it. Yeah, it's, it's like your 94,000th time. I literally just cannot stop watching it. I'm obsessed with it. Like, I want to watch it every day. I love it. <laughs> and when he said that, it made me laugh because in th- at the beginning of, of Pride and Prejudice, well, the book and also the film, um, the wife the mother is like how could you do this to my nerves mr bennett and you know whatever she's talking about her nerves and he he laughs and he says yes your nerves i'm well aware your nerves i they've been my constant companion these 25 years damn and it made me laugh so much when when jeff said that because (laughs) it went straight out of of that line it just came straight out of the Jane Austen playbook for me. Yeah, it did. And then when I told him that, he laughed and he's like, of all the lines for you to pick out in the book, that's the one you pick out. Yeah. And I said, I know, it's because it makes me laugh. Every time I hear it, it makes me laugh so much because I can relate to it for myself as far as like other people in my life mm-hmm. who are, who like their nerves being my constant companion <laughs> yeah. and then my nerves. Like I look at Alec and I'm just like, this poor man. <laughs> the last few weeks, I've been apologizing to him so much. I'm just like, I'm so sorry that me too. To I'm me. apologizing like, I'm, so much lately. I'm just like, I'm such a head case. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, it's like so. I mean, I know that it's not good to like apologize for who you are but at a certain point when you're with a partner it becomes like yeah and you're like being a, a head rude. case yeah yeah and i'm just like i know that i'm not usually like this so when there's like weeks where i'm feeling like super crazy it would yeah. be weird if i wasn't like i am aware by yeah, I, that yeah. i'm being fucking nuts and i'm sorry <laughs> like exactly that's just having self-awareness I yes feel like but anyway, I thought that was I thought that was interesting and I think it's all interlinked with like time slipping through and feeling like you're like gra- grabbing at something like don't don't go like don't slip away. Yeah. But it you is. have to and that was that was the other thing that Jeff said to me. He was like we were talking about um he was like and do you know who you are and I was like, "Well, 
and he was like well the fact that you you're not answering the question says it all and i'm like well we never know who we are and he was like exactly because as soon as you do you let it go i love this place let it go i love you let it go here is this thing i really want let it go here's this job let it go Mm -hmm. and that was his whole thing is like be love and embrace and let it go spiritually emotionally as soon as you embrace it let it go Mm. and this is how we're gonna get rid of this fear i think wow fear of death fear of time Mm. fear of there's that freedom again let it go yeah and I really enjoy the visual of like holding it close and letting, letting it, go. it go. Yeah, and it really yeah. helps me kind of. I picture myself as an old woman, and I hold her close, and I let her go. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm trying to not be afraid of. Do you know what's more frightening to me than being old is not being old. Is not being not getting old. Because I'm dead. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like. I want to live. Exactly. Alive. Yeah. I don't want to live forever. I want to have a nice, long, full life and die peacefully in my bed or chair. You know, and that's when I start to feel frightened, I picture that. And it actually does calm me down in a weird way. Yeah. That's how I'm trying to learn to not be frightened of my death is by picturing it in like a peaceful way way yeah that you want because don't we picture everything else how we want yes but we our wedding yeah we don't want to go anywhere close to picturing death no our birthday sex what our kids gonna look like when they grow up how your work project's gonna go like we do a lot of like visualizing and practicing and manifesting but we don't do that with death we're like no 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 yeah you're so right so, so I've been true. trying to just like picture it. So true. I want to say something along with what Jeff said. Dr. Ryan told me in our session, become an expert at listening to yourself. Mm. The conscious mind does not have all the answers. Mm-hmm. May you become so good at listening to yourself and may you have the courage to handle what needs to be handled when the time is right your feelings are the answer but that brings it back to what you said which people don't want to make the necessary changes so they'd rather not even listen to themselves and i said to him it's interesting because in the high control group i was told i was brainwashed that my feelings were were lying to me and they were wrong Mm. and so that is a really tricky one for me and so he said that become an expert at listening to yourself and when your soul is moving you in a new direction the conscious mind thinks that the world is crumbling and it will fight harder than ever to keep that world intact Mm. but it does not have all the answers so don't let it drive the bus. Mm. When your soul's moving you in a new direction, expanding you, transforming you, whatever, it involves demolition because a lot mm. of old things will fall away. Mm. And when you trust that and don't let the conscious mind try to fix everything because it can't, then you can move into these new phases with mm-hmm. grace and peace Mm -hmm. and acceptance Mm -hmm. well because if you let go you're making room for all this wonderful other stuff trying to flow in yeah and if you're holding on to the past or you're scared or you're you won't let go there's zero space for, for anything else no exactly i have this quote that i've loved recently it says create space for the power surge And when he said that, I realized that creating space really just means getting out of the way. Mm. So listen, beloved listeners, this is our Christmas episode. 
We are going to leave you on that note. We are going to <laughs> save the news and the listener feedback. And we're going to wish you happy holidays. And you're welcome that we were the ghosts of Christmas past. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thought it was going to be a Christmas episode and we were like, woo. <laughs> Wherever you are, whatever feelings you're having around the end of the year, which is always spicy for all of us, we're sending you love and we hope that today's oh. talk has helped somehow given you some insight please let us know if it has we always love hearing from you we never say this but please keep in touch with us we love talking with you guys and staying connected we are both on instagram okay annabelle and the lucy walsh as well as the podcast the lucy and annabelle show and you are always welcome to rate and review the show on apple music we are wishing you the happiest of holidays and peace and love and joy. Merry Christmas, you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy everything. Happy, happy, happy. Love it and let it go. <laughs> love it and let it go. I'm going to love you and let you go. I'm going to love you and leave you, as they say in England. I love you and let you go every day. Oh my God, yes. Love that. Love yeah. you and let you go every day. Romance. Yeah. Well, you and I have quite a romance. We always have. Okay, this is uh, this is getting weird for me. I've got to go now. Those fucking Instagram stories you do. They're so enchanting. Don't get me. That's another episode. I fucking... <laughs> I just... I looked at my Instagram stories from the past and I was like, what was I doing? Who was I talking to? Why did I say this stuff? Why am I showing myself drying my ass in the fan I for know. fake tan? Be fucking like... detoxing my armpits. Being like, hey guys, um, <laughs> uh, just really feeling really sad right now. And um, like, oh my God. You'll be cringe. back at it soon. No. You will. I think so. You love it. TMI, TMI. You love it. You're the queen of TMI. You're the queen of up the nose, TMI, yeah. inner monologue yeah. on social media. Yeah. <laughs> At least I'm consistent. All right, babe. I love you. Love you. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be up